So welcome to this uh, podcast from EJHP, um, coming live from the 18th EAHP Congress held in Paris in, in, uh, in March 2013. So my name is David Priest. I am uh, the current EPSA intern at the EAHP uh, office based in Brussels, and I'm also EPSA Secretary General um, representing pharmacy students. Um, I'm introducing a, a new event and a new bit of research that we've been working on in collaboration with Eurofarm Forum. I have a colleague here who uh, will introduce himself. Thank you. I'm Dick Trump. I'm the president of the Eurofarm Forum and I'm a community pharmacist in the Netherlands. The Eurofarm Forum is an association of pharmacists, pharmacy associations more, more or less so to say, and we have a collaboration with the uh, hospital pharmacist group, the AHP, and we have said we should start a joint event, a joint uh, research uh, event, and so we said, let's see what's happening when patients move from the primary care situation to the secondary care situation and backwards to the primary care situation, and what kind of communication will happen in this area. We are very grateful that we could do this together and that we have excellent researchers working on this, and David is, uh, I think, the one who can introduce to you the research project and the results. Um, so, as Dick mentioned, uh, I have been working with um, a colleague, Kirsten uh, Christian Holmson from uh, Denmark, uh, as representing Eurofarm Forum, and we worked together to um, produce a survey, which we sent out to both the membership of EAHP and Eurofarm Forum, to collect the results um, and opinions regarding communication between the two sectors of, of pharmacy. Um, this was conducted at the very start of 2013, uh, open for two months, and we collected approximately 500 responses. Those responses were varied in, in, uh, in geographical distribution, with the majority of, of uh, countries uh, at least receiving some responses, and Denmark and Italy uh, producing the, mo the most responses. One of the questions we asked was the years of practice, and we are very happy that we had an even distribution, approximately an even distribution based on the years of practice, so we got a, a range of experience. And I'm very happy to see that also the, the older pharmacists did reply to this because it's, an, it's a novel instrument to use, and even the people who have more than 20 years practice, they responded very well to this in community and in hospital pharmacy, which is really uh, supporting us. I, I agree. I think that's um, one of the strengths of this collaboration is that we can involve both, both sectors. Um, so there are a number of questions that we, we asked regarding the importance of communication, um, as Dick mentioned earlier, in the different um, transitions of care. One aspect of it was when a patient was admitted to the hospital. Um, we asked the, res the respondents um, if they felt it was important, if there was in communication at the point of admission. Um, and I, have, I am proud to say that the majority of responses either said it was important or essential. This um, also was similar to another question we asked, which was the importance of communication when a patient is discharged from hospital. And again, uh, the majority of answers in indicated it was important or essential. Um, so it, it highlights that community pharmacists and hospital pharmacists feel that communication at the point of transition of care is fundamental. And we know that this is important because when people come from the hospital to the primary care situation, they leave the safe situation of the hospital where everybody is taking care of people. And when they go back to the primary care situation, they should be, they are more or less 
unsafe because these people are not all around them anymore. So we should take good care of them. And when they leave the hospital, take good care of what they are going to do later. I think one aspect of the good care Dick mentioned was um, the counselling of, uh, of medication when a patient leaves the hospital. And another question we asked was, who was the most appropriate healthcare professional to do that? Firstly, we asked what the current state of affairs was in the various countries and who was providing this information about medicines. Answers uh, ranged from uh, the doctor, the physician in charge, the nurse, the hospital pharmacist, or that there was no counselling whatsoever. It was an overwhelming response that the majority of respondents, including both hospital and community pharmacists, stated that they, they thought the most appropriate uh, healthcare professional was the hospital pharmacist to provide this medicine's information at the point of discharge. Yeah. Um, and then it's a little bit embarrassing to see that not so much is happening and I think and David will tell this to you but there is a strong recommendation from all groups that we should communicate very well but practice is reluctant. And that is exactly why we wanted to get down to the bottom of this uh, this problem and we asked uh, the respondents what are the main reasons for the prevention of, of communication? Um, we gave them a number of options and the, the most respondents said that a lack of time, um, a lack of an electronic system to share information and that it may not be considered a core part of practice were the, the most popular respondents. And we think that these issues that have been mentioned by David should be considered to be recommendations for future approaches because lack of time and uh, lack of IT and lack of good practice, they can be solved, these issues, but we should look further and deeper into the arguments behind this and then try to come up with some recommendations and also some best practices to show to pharmacists in primary care and in secondary care that this really can be done. Because we think that for efficacy reasons and patient safety reasons, it's really necessary that there is a good communication and patients are involved as much as possible. I completely agree. Um, we did ask, as uh, part of our survey, uh, for examples of good and bad practice regarding communication. Um, there was a number of comments from uh, all of the respondents to from a range of different countries, highlighting both good and bad practice. Um, regrettably, uh, there were some comments stating that um, there was no communication in in some countries at all. Some respondents said they had never spoken to another uh, member of the same profession working in a different sector. However, I was pleased to see that there were some very good examples. I want to highlight uh, one example in Denmark where there is a system in place for good communication um, and the uh, reason for it is for, as Dick mentioned, for the very essential reason of patient safety and there are many examples of which communication between the two sectors have been the direct benefit of patients. And rules and regulations are very important because you mentioned Denmark and I know my country a little bit better, the Netherlands. And where we ha there we have a protocol medication overview at the moment that people move from the one to the other sector. And it's an obligation for us to fill this in and to move patients accompanying this protocol backwards to the hospital or back home to the primary care setting. That uh, example given by Dick shows um, where 
a system is already in place and relies on the pharmacists to in, to enable to allow uh, that system to occur and to follow it. Um, I think that we should be very proactive in our approach. And some of the comments that we received um, mentioned that they that the hospital pharmacists contacted the community pharmacists when there was an issue that needed to be resolved. For example, modified dosage systems. And maybe we should be encouraging other other sectors to instead of contacting them where there is a problem, proactively contacting the other sector to prevent this problem from occurring. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I think it's our obligation to learn from these best practices that we see and that from a leadership perspective, we really try to change the behavior of our practitioners in the field. That's our obligation in the leadership of the, both organizations. Um, so if I may... Um may say that I'm looking forward to presenting these results uh, later this afternoon at uh, an event um, at the 18th EHP Congress. Um, but I don't think this is the, the end of the, the research. I think this is just a start. So we are looking forward to working with Eurofarm Forum to continue um, this research effort. And we will be very open to, to all parties to contribute and to discuss how we can bring this forward. And I would be very happy if we have a vivid discussion later in the afternoon, as David said, and that we make the elements of this discussion a part of the report, and then we can conclude phase number one, where we have done the analysis, and then we start up with recommendations for phase number two. And we are very happy to con continue collaborating with the AAHP. And I want to just say thank you very much for your attention, and it's my pleasure to uh, bring this project to you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.